Today's reading is the lectionary reading from the epistles taken from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Paul writes, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. The Word of God for the people of God. God. You may be seated. So this past Thursday, just as an update, we had the closing or deconsecration service over at the Asbury campus. And it was a a beautiful yet bittersweet experience for me. As most of you know, I led that congregation for about 11 years. And it was a place where my family and I poured our hearts and souls into. And when I was appointed there back in 2009, the DS said, it's a small congregation, they're all elderly, you probably got a year or two and then you're gonna close it down. And that felt like a dagger to the heart. I said, no, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. 12 years later, the time had come. But one of the things that did give me the opportunity to reflect on that day and in the days since is my journey in ministry. While we were there, we we made some beautiful friendships, beautiful relationships were formed with people who are now pastoring churches who came out of Asbury. And so that was a beautiful experience for me. But what it did for me, reflecting and spending time thinking about our, our journey, was to give thanks for my family their willingness to to be on this journey with me. You see, they weren't born, at least that I don't know, to be the pastor of Asbury or any other church, but yet they've gone with me wherever I've been called. My, My wife Diane responds like Ruth, I will go where you go. And she has from Del Rio to Kingsville to Austin to San Antonio, 
She has. My children had no say in where we went, but they went because of not so much who they are, but because of whose they are, right? And they always wanted to help and take part in our ministry. I remember when my youngest, Hannah, stood up in a a service on Sunday morning during the Christmas season and sang, Happy Birthday, Jesus. You know that song, Happy Birthday, Jesus. She always kids me. She said, that was a song for a, a little girl. I was much bigger than that. Yeah, but you did a great job, Mihai. You did a great job. My other kids wanting to play instruments and play in the band. A reflection of, yes, whose they are, but also who they are. So I gave thanks to God for them for all that we've been through on this journey that has led us to this point, to this historic church. And it's a joy. It's a great joy. So the experience on Thursday has been bittersweet. We know that great things are going to come out of this experience. And as we get ready, to open up our new ministry center location has yet to be identified. We know that God is leading us. We know that this church is going to be a big part of that. And so get ready. Fair warning. Pastor Robert's coming after you because we're going to need your help. And we're excited about that. Excited about the possibility of being in ministry in this community. So, who are we? Whose are we? They're two distinct questions. When I was about four years old, I went with my mom to the local HEB. I grew up on the south side of San Antonio off of Roosevelt Avenue in between Roosevelt and South Presa over by the Riverside Golf Course, if you're familiar with San Antonio. And before there was a fence, the the golf course was wide open, and I used to go into the golf course and pick up balls and uh, take them from the back nine to the front nine and sell them. I didn't realize that as I was finding them, they actually belonged to people who were still playing. But I guess that's why they put up the fence, right? But this particular morning, I went with my mom to the local HEB on South Presser Street, and it was one of those HEBs that was, was the same size as the one right here in Lincoln Heights or in Oak Park. It was a smaller HEB. It wasn't one of these super HEBs. I don't think they had any at that point. But it was small enough to where you could roam around and, and not worry. But on this particular day, I, I separated myself from my mother. I was four years old, and I looked around, and, and mom disappeared. I started to cry. And then I remembered she told me, if you ever get lost, go to the office and let them know. And so I walked up to the office, and it was higher up, and I was looking up like that. 
And uh, the lady says, can I help you, little boy? And I said, I'm lost. And she says, well, who are you? What's your name? And I said, Wobbit. She says, what's your last name? Miho. She says, who are you with? Who, who, who's, your, who's your mother? Mama. What's her name? Mama. She said, what do other people call her? Oh, they call her Licha. What's your last name again? What's her last name? Otis. And so she announced on the intercom there in the store, will the mother of Robert Ortiz please come to the office? You lost him. And so my mom comes and, and uh, grabs me and takes me and she says, you did a good job. You found out how to, how to get reconnected with me. And you know who you are, and you know whose you are. Right. In the reading for today, Paul is doing that exact same thing. And he begins by telling us whose we are. Listen to what Paul says. We are God's chosen ones. We are God's chosen ones. But Isaiah 43, 1 is even more specific, is even clearer so that we understand whose we are. Listen to Isaiah the prophet. But now thus says the Lord... He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear. For I have redeemed you and I have called you by name. You are mine. I've created you, I've formed you, I've redeemed you, and I've called you by name because you are mine. So there should be no doubt in our mind whose we are, who we belong to, God, the creator, Emmanuel, God with us. These two passages leave no doubt that we are chosen by God. We are created by God. We are formed by God. We are redeemed and called by God. And he proclaims, you are mine. You see, one of the things when we go back to the very beginning that God wanted, the reason God created was to be in relationship with God's creation. Danielle Shorer writes in her book, Original Blessing, that that's the whole purpose of creation. That's the whole purpose of creation, to be in relationship with creation. 
with you and with me. And sometimes we lose sight of that. We lose sight of that original blessing that we're called to be in relationship with the God of all creation. That we forget whose we are. We're God's. We focus more on original sin. Now granted, sin is real, right? And we have to deal with sin. But we focus more on original sin than the original blessing to be in relationship with God. And God is calling us by name. Because God in reality is still in relationship with us. But the question we must ask is, are we in relationship with God? God will never stop being in relationship with us. God will never stop offering us that relationship. God will never walk away from you and from me because of God's great love for us. His part of the relationship will always stand, will always be true. And it's up to us to respond to that relationship. It's up to us to to say distinctly and without reservation, I know whose I am because I know who I am. Now, what Paul does is provide us with some tangible expressions of what it means to be in relationship with God. That's what he's writing here in Colossians chapter 3. Here are some expressions that will demonstrate who you are. Let's look at them. We are people of compassion. Paul writes that we are people of compassion. What does it mean to be compassionate? Compassion takes sympathy and empathy a step further. Sympathy will say, I feel bad for you, right? Oh, that's horrible. Oh, that poor guy. Oh, I feel bad for you. Empathy says, I know what you're experiencing. I I get it. I've been there. I've walked in your shoes. I've experienced that. But compassion says, I'm going to do something about it. I see your pain, I feel your hurt. I see your need, and I'm going to do something about it. Sometimes we don't know what to do, but we still have that desire to make a difference. To not just be part of life's problems, but be part of life's solutions. That's where compassion kicks in. And Paul says that we are called to be people of compassion. And we express this compassion through acts of kindness. Oh, we need more kindness in our world today. I don't know about you, but I'd love to see more kindness. I'd love to see more humility, more meekness. I'd love to see more patience. 
These are all tangible expressions of children of God. The way we interact and react to those around us give evidence to whose we are and who we are. We are people who are forgiving, who bear with one another, who don't write off the other, who know that God continues to work in and through us, even when it's difficult. Most importantly, we are loving. The way we treat each other, the way we treat the other is in love. Recognizing that every human being is created in the image of God. And every human being has divine worth and matters. They matter to God, and they should matter to us. And as a result of those expressions, when we live out our faith with those tangible expressions, The peace of Christ, Paul says, resides in our hearts. A life of peace. Now, please, let's not get it mistaken. A life of peace doesn't mean a perfect life, right? It doesn't mean uh, that there aren't any issues. It doesn't mean that we don't go through trials and tribulations. It doesn't mean that we don't have problems. It means that we have a source to draw from to go through those trials and tribulations, to go through those problems and know that everything's going to be all right. Because God is who we belong to. And God is still in control. As a result, we live thankful lives, lives of gratitude for all that God has done, for all that God is doing, for all that God has yet to do. Who are we? Who are you? Whose are you? My prayer is that each one of us can proclaim without hesitation that we are authentic followers of Jesus Christ. And as such, We are children of the Most High God, the God of all creation, God Emmanuel, God with us. That's whose we are.
And that's my prayer for each one of us, that we would be authentic in our faith walk, because that's just who we are. We want to live lives that please and honor God, because we're God's. Amen.